Welcome to Let's Talk Transportation, a podcast series of the Broward Metropolitan Planning Organization, also known as the MPF. We talk about the ins and outs of transportation in Broward County and all of Southeast Florida, why it matters, how it works, and the challenges and opportunities related to achieving great transportation. I'm your host, Greg Stewart, Executive Director of the MPF, and I'm joined by Mark Yale, Chief Executive Officer for Broward County's Aviation Department. Mark, that sounds like a great title, but I also can tell you, you run Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. Tell us a little bit about how you got here. Uh, made the right at Albuquerque when I should have made the left. <laughs> uh, well, first, uh, Greg, thanks for having me on. Let me let me first uh, uh, say that uh, Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport is one of two airports in our system. I never want to forget uh, our, our very critical uh, general aviation airport, North Perry Airport. So I just want to put that out there, that it's a two airport system. So yeah, I'm, I'm a Philadelphia native, uh, born and raised in Philadelphia, but I did my college education uh, down here in Florida. Oh, you did? Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. Um, uh, not that I'm biased or anything, the Harvard of the skies, uh, <laughs> but it, uh, spent my time there in the early 80s uh, getting my degree in aeronautics uh, and then uh, made my way back to Pennsylvania and, and uh, spent a, a good deal of my uh, career, uh-huh. uh, my chapter one as I call it, at the Philadelphia International Airport uh, where I worked my way from college intern uh, to CEO, uh, local boy makes good, if you will, uh, in the area, hometown airport, um, as I said, Philadelphia native, uh, huge Philadelphia sports fan. Uh, we can't hold that against you. No, and, and we won't, because this is a friendly show, and we want to make sure we tumble. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, just an absolutely wonderful career, did a lot of good things, I believe, uh, for that airport, and then uh, I retired. Uh, from the Philadelphia Airport after nearly 30 years. Um, so this is career two. This is chapter two. Chapter two. And, and the days are going by actually very quickly here. I, I'm, I'm about seven and a half years in uh, to this chapter two already. Feels like I just arrived yesterday. I'm going to uh, say the same thing. It does feel like that. That's great. But that's a really a good sign, I think, in, when, you, when you love what you do and the time goes really, really fast. Uh, you have to be careful because before you know it, decades start to click off. But uh, I think it's been a really good thing. So I, I made my way here uh, by way of Philadelphia. I uh, had known my predecessor for uh, a long time, uh, probably three decades, Mr. Ken George. Yep. And he and I were talking one day and he said, what do you think about Fort Lauderdale? And I said, I love Fort Lauderdale. I used to go there a lot. You know, um, didn't really think about it. It was going to be a career uh, change, if you will. Not career change, but more of a location change. But um, in the end, uh, some talking occurred. And before you know it, I was here. Well, you know, one of the things, and you know, so I went to school in Pittsburgh. So I'm on the opposite side of the state. So one day we will have a sports conversation, but that won't be on this show. Not on this show. Uh, But the whole idea of Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood, that airport, one of the things as a person that actually I had a chance to grow up down here and we used to fly down to that airport and it was all outdoors. Um, United Airways, you just the airplane, the jet would stop. There would be a stairs that would come up to the side of the jet. You'd walk onto the tarmac. You'd go from the tarmac over to picking luggage up underneath uh, basically a carport shelter. And then even leaving, most of the ticket agencies were actually outdoors. And, you know, it gave you that, that Hawaii vibe, but it was really hometown local-ish. And that hometown feel, even though the airport has grown through the multiple directors that they've had, 
one of the things I've noticed now that you say seven years or seven and a half years is the airport still stays friendly, even though it's grown. Is, is there some secret to your success that you're doing to the airport to keep it feel like it's something local, but yet have all the features of a, you know, major international airport? Sure. People. It's, people. A, it's about people. It's about team. Um, but when I arrived here, uh, not to disparage um, any of my fellow aviation colleagues at, at any airport, uh, whether it's the, the, the larger one that's, you know, 22 miles down the road or the slightly mm. smaller one that's what a little bit further up the road. Um, but at the end of the day, one of the comments uh, to your point, Greg, was, um, you know, I've been flying in and out of this airport, Fort Lauderdale, for a long time. Um, it's easy. It's convenient. It's friendly. We don't like to go to the south. We don't like to go to the north. This this really works for us. Um, and your time in watching that airport actually transition in front of you. Sometimes you don't realize how much change occurs when you're there day after day after day after day. But if you were here 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and you came back, I think you'd be shocked at, at a lot of the changes uh, that have occurred. But one thing I think remains consistent a lot of really, really hardworking people trying to do the best job that they can, whether they work for the airlines, the concessions, the, the airport, uh, the aviation department, uh, contract folks, everybody trying to make a difference in, in making sure that the Fort Lauderdale Howe National Airport delivers for its patrons day in and day out. Sometimes we've been kind of characterizes that low-cost alternative to that <laughs> other airport uh, down the road. Um, but I'd like to think that we not only offer low-cost, but we're an airport of choice. We have a really, really great uh, diverse air service portfolio, uh, coupled with a lot of the investments that have made at the airport over the course of the last 10, 12 years in particular, nearly $3 billion worth of investments. Um, and the growth, the the not just pure organic growth, but exponential growth that came by way of some of the really key projects at the airport, the, the South Runway and other uh, other improvements that we put in place and attraction by carriers like Spirit and JetBlue and Southwest in particular, has really kind of changed the dynamic. So we're not your father's Buick uh, anymore, so to speak. Um, but I don't think that that's a necessarily a bad thing. Um, I, I think that we, we still try to deliver the best we can and the quality for our patrons. Well, that, that homespunness of, and, and that's the thing that I love about flying in and out. I, I do a lot of travel <clears throat> for work and for pleasure. And I really do try to fly in and out of Fort Lauderdale as much as Thank possible. You, yeah. oh, hey, you know, we do what we can. But the bigger picture is, is, is you go down to Miami and it's a very different experience. It always has been ever since even when I was a child. That was it just had this New York type feel to it. It's just like in, out, you know, don't ask questions, keep your head low and just get to your gate. Um, Palm Beach, a little bit different. But it doesn't. It didn't necessarily feel like like a hometown thing. It had lots of escalators, and you know, then it just had a very different vibe. And with Fort Lauderdale, the whole different terminal complexes, the way they feel, each one of them kind of has rocks their own experiences, if you would. And you know, like you're saying, the capital projects that you've put in that, while you've been there. Uh, the terminal that, what is it, Terminal A that houses Southwest, it still doesn't feel, it's a huge terminal, but it doesn't feel like it's like, oh my God, this is so overwhelming, like some of the terminals down in Miami does. And I will use their name. Um, so, you know, the, the bigger picture with that is you think that that was something culturally that the, was ingrained with the folks that are working there, or have you helped build that environment or build upon it? So, you know, the airport 
growth over the course of the last 10 years, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, I throw this number out there. In, in 2013, our total passenger count was 23 and a half million approximately. In 2019, just six years later, we were at 36.7 million passengers. Just absolutely phenomenal growth. And it was planned um, to actually hit that traction um, in, in the projects that were laid out. The runway, to be able to give a second uh, large air carrier runway and the terminal growth. You know, I'm a, I'm a real big fan of the movie Field of Dreams. And, the, you know, we've heard the line with, with you know, the Kevin Costner and, you know, if you build it, they will come. And, and the runway was built. And kudos to everybody that was part of that process because it really helped, I think, in my opinion, help unlock our airport to achieve a greater potential. The well-intentioned plans of what else needed to be in place to support that and the terminal infrastructure and the growth and the modernization, if you will, of, of that uh, was coming behind it. And and sometimes the people came faster than we could get the improvements into place. But I think, again, nearly a billion dollars invested in the runway project, another nearly $2 billion invested in the terminal infrastructure. To your point, growing, but at the same time, not necessarily losing that hometown feel, if you will. Don't get me wrong. We, we have had growing pains over the course of time. Our, our campus at 66 gates, uh, aircraft gates, our, our garages uh, are, are filling up uh, on a daily basis, which arguably is a good thing. And again, it still shows that there's a huge demand for our facility. But virtually any airport, whether it be uh, Fort Lauderdale, whether it be Miami or Pes- West Palm Beach, or my previous airport affiliate, or virtually any airport that serves a community, it's one of its primary purposes is, is to serve as an economic engine for that community. And like any engine, it needs to be fueled and it needs to be fine-tuned and it needs uh, care and maintenance um, if it's going to carry you somewhere and you want it to carry there for a long period of time. Our airport continues the, the, to have that need to grow, to expand, to adapt to technology, to, to new expectations on guest experience to be able to get to where you need to get to as those that are travel for visiting family and friends or those that are doing for business. Um, and all the people that we work with here in Broward County in, in order to try to attract folks to come to our reason, whether it be for hospitality and tourism or it be for any one of the other industries that we deal in. Our airport has to serve as the portal to make that happen. When you're talking about tourism, and I think you know that's one of the things that when I fly in and out of Fort Lauderdale, I'm usually on that same schedule as the cruise passenger, you know, yeah. at the cruise port and, you know, Port Everglades and the, the proximate location between the airport and the seaport is so phenomenal. And to, to know that the flights, typically I'll get on an American flight and you fly out of Dallas and, you know, you're greeted by a thousand people that are going on whatever royal ship there may be in port and they're all excited they're getting on their cruise. How do you handle that passenger trade and how do you how are you working with Port Everglades necessarily to enhance that experience? One of the stories that I've told a lot of different times, and for those who may have heard it, I, I beg forgiveness for for bringing on possibly boredom in that regard. But you know, my my previous home uh, airport area, it was a much different setup between the airport that was owned and operated by the city, the seaport that really was operated by the state or a state authority, if you will. The Convention and Visitors Bureau was somewhat of a quasi not for profit organization. 
And synergy of mission wasn't necessarily always there. You did try to work with each other, but coming from three different government or not not for profit agencies didn't necessarily have all that same synergy. I think the beauty of where we sit today in Broward with both uh, the Fort Lauderdale Ohio National Airport, with Port Everglades, with the Convention and uh, Visitors Bureau, the CVB, now known as Visit Lauderdale, the expansion of the Convention Center, the new hotel that's going up. The economic power that exists strictly within a one, one and a half mile radius, I think, is is something that others are going to have to deal with. When you tie in the industries of the cruise passenger, for example, and the things that we're working on to not only connect our businesses together, airlines to cruise lines, airport to seaport, transportation that exists, the airport seaport convention center connector, to be able to seamlessly come in, fly into the FLL airport, get your bag. Everybody always wants to make sure they have that bag. I just came in from Chicago. I am not getting on that ship if I don't have my bag. I need to see um, it. Sure I need to there. see it, make sure it's there. But even if you did and you had the ability to redeposit immediately with confidence um, and then jump on some automated transport that wish you, your family, your children over to the seaport, find your bags uh, in your stateroom when you get there. That type of seamless integration is where we're driving. We want that experience here for for our our engines, uh, particularly between airport and seaport with that cruise passenger, which for six months out of the year is just absolutely phenomenal. But given the expansion at the convention center yeah. and what we're going to be looking to attract by virtue of some of the biggest you know conferences that are out there, the 800-room Omni Hotel that's going to be going in uh, right next door to it, we imagine that there's going to be um, a huge amount of year-round traffic that'll be coming back and forth. And all that traffic that you see, whether it's on US-1 or 17 or whatnot, to hopefully get a lot of that transitioning back and forth in an automated fashion is is what we hope to accomplish. And working with my, my, my counterparts at those agencies, we feel confident that we are well on our way to get there. So before we come to a conclusion, Close conclusion today, and I'm going to have you back on. We'll have some other conversations about other stuff happening in the region, uh, because this is part of building that oral history of Broward. And this is actually going to be all these podcasts eventually get into the um, historic museum downtown, and we'll be there someday. You know, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, 70 years from now, people listen in this go, "What were they thinking?" But you know, the most important thing: what do you think? is your moment of, hey, I'm proud of this, I've done this so far, and what's the opportunities that you see in the future that you're gonna say, I, I'm glad I was involved with this? And Well, I've reached that point in my career that um, getting up and coming to work is a proud moment, um, <laughs> otherwise I wouldn't be doing it. I, I started- Relate to that. I started in this industry, uh, my first aviation job was in 1982, so some 41 years ago, and um, I always tell my team that my most favorite day of the week is on Thursday when I have my my larger staff meeting with everybody to be able to not only understand what's going on in their world, but we get an opportunity to share. And I think it's in that sharing. It's in that communication amongst ourselves, talking about what our mission is and, and what is it that we need to do, what's urgent what's in the planning stage, what's in the development stage, and ultimately what's in the futuristic or the visioning uh, portion of our world, is to have that that conversation. And it, I think it fuels, at least fuels me anyway, to continue to go on and, and drives us. Um, to me, that's, that's joy, that's satisfaction. That makes me feel like I'm making a difference. Working with the county commission, working with folks like yourself and the MPO team, 
working uh, with um, all of our stakeholders. The business community absolutely is absolutely essential. The Broward Workshop, on and on and on and on. The Alliance, the Fort Lauderdale Chamber of Commerce and other chambers. All of that, I think, has to be taken into consideration as stakeholders when we're looking at our at our asset and looking to make it better and better for everybody. One of the first people we've had on that actually talks about the human resource side of things, the humanity of the job. And I think that's closer in. You're talking about the humanity of the job. And that's one of the things that I think is, uh, you know, one of the challenges a lot of people forget is, you know, there's the human side of what we do, that interpersonal relationship and creating. So that would be what you're proud of today. What is the thing that you're thinking you're going to take that team and bring it to tomorrow before, you know, it's time to go? You know, when it's fine time for me to go, yeah. which hopefully is not tomorrow or <laughs> any day thereafter. Really. Well, let's give you, let's give you time. But you know, again, when 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 you get to a point when you feel like you have had the opportunity to teach, had the opportunity to mentor, had the opportunity to share your experiences, uh, that which you personally have learned from others over the course of time, and see some of that knowledge base transitioning to those who are going to be the leaders of of our facilities and our organizations tomorrow, we look out amongst our team and we see who the the young upcoming stars are um, those that are still um, you know doing great great things uh, for our organization and aren't going to go anywhere that that are ready to take on additional duties and responsibilities I always say building new infrastructure or rehabbing existing infrastructure shiny new things are, are always really well uh, uh, well accepted by the audience by the users and the right. patrons but when you strip it away, what actually makes those things come to fruition are the people that are driving behind it. And if they're not working well together, I don't think you can produce good results at the end. So I spent a lot of time, my team knows it, um, focusing on on team efforts and, and um, just trying to make sure that everybody who has a hold of an oar and it's in the water that we're, we're, we're rowing the boat together as best we can. And hopefully in the same direction, right? That's exactly right. That's, That's exactly amazing. right. One of the things that I found, you know, when I got this job 15 years ago now, is we had a bunch of oars and they were all headed in all different directions and no one ever kind of got to that same thing. So I'm really glad I watched the synergy happen between you and the seaport, the convention center. Um, and, you know, it's unique that it's all within one operational functional unit, but it didn't actually always function that way. So I'm I personally kudos to you and the effort you've put in because honestly, you can see it. You know, you can see it every day when you're flying through that airport, when you're leaving the airport. Whenever I talk to anybody that I know that has come in and out, and we do a lot with consultants, they always say, oh, I, I want to fly in and out of Fort Lauderdale. This, this is where I want to go. So, you know, that's a, that's a really want and have are two different things. And the fact that they want to is a really wonderful, wonderful thing. And I'm blessed to work with such great professional people. Uh, when you when you take a look out, yeah, I work very closely, as I said, with with a couple, two, three, four, on a day to day basis in the leadership of of the county with Monica Sapiro and her team leading the charge. But if you go across the county departments, whether you're dealing with emergency management or Parks and Rec or Public Works or those types of things, we're still part of that county team, even though we op operate uh, much like a uh, an enterprise fund would operate, like a business, right? And, and in the business of actually helping move people in and about um, uh, out of our region um, and onto cruise ships and into convention centers and whatnot. But at the end of the day, the entire team, the entire um, organization uh, within the county government, I think works really, really well together. Um, I, I 
much like my own personal team, I feel part of a bigger team myself and I can contribute to that team um, as well. I, awesome. I, I don't quarterback that one, um, but I'm just as happy, you know, being a, uh, on the line. Monica does a really good job watching her and her movements and how her and Kevin Keller and I'm, I'm having Monica on very shortly. Um, but, you know, just to see how that the operation moves in that way. Great. We're lucky to have you, Mark. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for coming in. And I'm going to ask Julie, ask you to come back. I'd like to maybe have a conversation with you in a few months, maybe do a year about, you know, some of the technology changes that you're seeing in aviation and where you see that maybe impacting Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood, and where you, where you think it might actually take the rest of the nation along with it. So with that, Mark, thanks for coming in. I appreciate Great. it. I appreciate the opportunity. Look forward to the next time. The Let's Talk Transportation podcast is produced by the Broward MPO, where every day we fund and implement projects that move people and goods, create jobs, and strengthen communities. Learn more at BrowardMPO.org and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Speak Up Broward. If there is a transportation topic you'd like to know more about, let us know by sending an email to info at BrowardMPO.org. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by MPO employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the view of the MPO or any of its officials. For complaints, questions, or concerns about civil rights or non-discrimination, or for special requests under the Americans with Disabilities Act, please contact Carl Ema, Title VI Coordinator at 954-876-0052 or emac at browardmpo.org.